You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. My name is Hope B. I'm a compulsive overeater and I've been in um, OA for about seven years. Um, and what I will share with you is my experience, strength, and hope, and um, in the OA program. Um, what I will share first is what it was like. Um, what it was like for me, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home, very abusive, you know, physically, mental, emotional, sexual, spiritual. Um, I grew up in a, a very religious home. You know, but um, the terms God or you know, the term God was used very freely, but um, the gods that I worshipped at that point was very um, punishing and and um, I, I was afraid of him. Um, and my parents made me more afraid because they would threaten just different things, you know, some type of physical um, abuse, punishment, you know, when I didn't do things right, you know, so I had the punishment of my parents and also the punishment of, of my God at that point. Um, I was the emotional um, temperature. I took the emotional temperature in my family and I took it on to be responsible when things were not going right. And so, um, that was basically the beginning of my um i would i restricted in my early ages um so what i would normally do is i would get money and i would go to the the corner candy store yeah i don't know if any of you guys remember the candy store and you get little brown bags of candy Mm -hmm. i would go there get my my drug of choice which was candy at that point and i would eat candy and very very little else People thought that possibly I was anorexic, you know, but at that point in my, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my sixties now. So at that age, they didn't really think of anorexia, you know, so, um, I was very tiny. Um, and I say very, very tiny, you know, not, um, not eating too much other than candy until I was in my twenties. In my twenties, I got married early. Um, and I, I, um, I had, I, I, yeah, I was married and, and I got pregnant. And at that point, it really, you know, my abuse, my sexual abuse really started to, to, um, really burden me. And so I started to eat more compulsively at that point, you know, because I needed to hide my body. I was very afraid of men and I was very afraid of the, you know, that, men would give my body but regardless of whether i was big or small i still got the attention of men um 
And so it was very difficult for me. So that was what it was like. Um, so I continued that cycle of, you know, staying very heavy, you know, to hide my body um, until I came into program. Um, so now I'm going to say what, what happened. So what happened was I came to OA um, seven years ago, and I came because I was doing a paper at school. The paper, I, I was in a marriage and family therapy program, and the paper required me to talk on on um, a, a anonymous program. And for some strange reason, I know it was my higher power, OA came to my head. And so I said, oh, okay, I'm going to go to OA meeting. All my friends were going to um, Alcoholics Anonymous, but um, I decided to go come to Overeaters Anonymous. So I attended an in-person meeting here in the area that I live in, and it was wonderful. It was like I came home. Um, there were people that looked like me, that talked like me, that ate like me, and I felt like I was home. And so in the paper I had to write for this this um, this class, I put in the, to the instructor I was going to come back. And I told the people when I, at that meeting, I was going to come back. And after school ended that quarter, I went back to OA. And um, I've been in the rooms ever since. Um, I haven't, you know, I, I did have a relapse. I, I was absent for two years and then COVID hit. And I had a relapse, you know, but um, I've been able to um, maintain my abstinence for the last three years. Um, I had like a year where I just kind of went crazy. Um, but I've been able to extend my abstinence. Um, and I've been in the program. I, you know, I even through COVID was on internet, you know, seeing my, my peeps, you know, my, my family here on the, in the, in the Zoom rooms. Um, so that was what happened. Now I'm going to share with you what it is like now. What it is like now being in the program is like, um, it is, it's amazing, you know, um, just being here with people that know what it's like to be a compulsive reader. Um, I attend up to 10 meetings a week, you know, during COVID it was like 18. Um, but I attend about 10 meetings a week. I volunteer my service. I, I love to use the tools, you know. So what um and I'm gonna go through the tools and I'll share how I use them. So service is my go-to, you know, it's very important for me to do service. Um I do service um on a um I I I have done service since I started the meeting. I went to, I I used to do the hotline. We had a hotline in our area and I used to do that. Mm -hmm. I attend um, meetings and sponsor. Um, I, I um, am very involved with making sure I get to conventions or to, um, 
to other meetings, um, uh, other workshops or things like that. I, I try to attend either a convention or a workshop or, um, or a retreat as much as possible. I, um, I'm very into the literature. I read OA approved literature. I love the Voices of Recovery and for today, I I have like a spiritual program that uh, of a uh, daily devotion that I do every day, um, where I get up in the morning and I um, I read my daily devotions. I read Voices of Recovery and for today, and I also do the Upon Awakening. I do that every morning. I've done that. I went to a convention one year and there was a person at the convention that knew Roseanne and she talked about her morning routine was what she read, woke up and she read um, on Upon Awakening and also read um, um, the For Today and also Voices of Recovery. And then she did a meditation and I started to imitate her. You know, I would do that every morning. And it seems like the mornings I did it, um, it was it made my morning so much smoother. And when I didn't do it, I didn't feel more felt very comfortable. Things just didn't seem to go right, you know. But it seemed like it flowed when I did it. Um, the telephone is another tool that I use. I love to be on the telephone now. I used to hate it. It it was what they called the hundred thousand pound. Um, phone. Yeah, I used to feel like that. You know, it was a thousand pounds to me. I hate to pick up the receiver and call somebody, you know, but now I love being on the phone. I love call, talking to my OA fellows um, and being involved in their lives as, as they are in mine. I made very many friends in the program. I used to be able to count the friends that I had on one hand. Um, now I I think I have hundreds of friends, you know, now in the OA program. People that, you know, even um, with COVID, I have been able to see them, you know, but I've been able to connect with them um, now that we are going face-to-face -face more and, you know, having more involvement in the program, I'm able to see them. And, and you know, um, but we have this connection, even though, we haven't seen each other. Um, um, action plan uh, is another thing. I I have a, a a sheet where I work off of, which is pretty much an action plan. You know, so for the day, I I plan out what I'm going to do. You know, um, I'm a, a basically a housewife right now, so I plan that, but I plan it around my program. You know, um, what meeting am I going to go to during the day? Um, what, you know, other activities am I going to have? I'm also, um, I'm I'm um, in a, a program um, that's called BIPOC, and I'm the co-chair of that. Um, that It's a, um, a Black um, OA meeting, and I'm co-chair of that meeting, so that consumes a lot of my time. I used to be involved with um, PIPO, um, PIPO, um, Public Information and um, Personal Outreach. I used to be involved with that, you know, but I'm not involved with it anymore um, since I'm the co-chair of the BIPOC meetings. 
Um, so my, my day pretty much consists of waking up in the morning, doing my daily devotion. Uh, um, I sometimes get on a phone meeting when I, um, I'm up early enough to do it. Um, and then attending a meeting, I attend a meeting on Tuesday and Friday for sure in the morning. Um, and then I start my day and I, I do what I need to do. And I end up getting my reach out calls in. I I attempt to do three or four reach out calls during the day where, while, while I'm um, caring for my husband um, and caring for myself. And um, I, like I said, I get in, I try to get in as many conventions or um, retreats or workshops during the weekend. You know, I get very involved with making sure that that happens um, when money is right. Um, I sponsor. I have the four sponsees right now um, that are working the program in various areas. Um, uh, in, in you know with for their recovery and i feel like sponsorship kind of um, catapulted me to a, a higher degree in the program yet it's helped me to um to do the program so much better you know and i feel such a a joy at being able to talk to my sponsees on the phone mm -hmm. and and to really work with him. And it, it, um, I've heard it said that it seems like when you sponsor somebody, you are more benefited than the person that you're sponsoring. And I feel that way. You know, I feel like I get a lot out of be, uh, being a person sponsor. Um, other things that, that I do. Okay, my, my eating plan or my plan of eating, I have three meals a day with nothing in between. Um, and um, I stick to that. You know, it's something I stick to. I used to be a grazer. Um, I, I would like, I like to eat all day long, you know, something in my mouth going in my mouth. Um, but now I don't do that anymore. I am able to eat my three meals um, and come away from the table and, and not eat anything else till the next meal. Um, I'm trying to think of other tools, you know, um, but that's my life. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I need to cover. Um, yeah, that's, that's what, that what this has happened with me. Um, and I, so today, um, I, I do my best to, to do a um work uh, a step study workshop every year um i've been involved with doing for the last three years doing a a workshop um five minutes five minutes thank you um i do a committed workshop every every year um so this year i've been involved with um the committed step study we're on step six right now and we're um we'll spend the year and, and go through the different steps. And that has been another thing that feels like it's been a benefit to me. Um, that's pretty much it with my life. I think I'm going to um, conclude with OA has really, uh, the promises have really came true in my life. 
you know, I, um, I have been able to um, see my higher powers blessings in all that I do. Um, I have no problems with finances. I, you know, I feel like financial insecurities have left us me. I don't have fear of people, places or things. Um, I'm just in a very content space and OA has done that for me. I used to be the type of person who would, um, I, I, I hate to say it, I was an intimidating bitch at one point. Um, I'm not that person anymore. I've, I'm happy to be around myself. And p other people are happy to be around me now. You know, before, I, you would never know whether I was going to cuss you out. And, 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 you know, you do something wrong and I, I'd cuss you out. I'm not the type of person anymore. And I feel like it has enriched my life um, beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.